This is Founders Talk, an interview podcast hosted by me, Adam Stukowiak. We profile founders building businesses both online as well as offline. And today we talk with Ted Roden, founder of Fancy Hands. Fancy Hands is a team of professional assistants in the cloud ready to work for you right now. I really had a blast talking with Ted about his business. There's lots of stuff going on there. In six months span, he's done so much and believe it or not, profitable since day one. If you're someone who is starting a side project or starting something that's much like what Ted is doing, please listen up. He's got lots of great nuggets in there. Uh, in terms of the show notes, there's tons of show notes up there at the website. So go to 5x5.tv forward slash Founders Talk forward slash two. That'll hit the episode page. Lots of great show notes there. This interview does run a little longer than I'd like them to be. I'm trying to hit the mark of around 50 uh, sorry, 30 minutes, and this one comes in at around 50 minutes, so I do apologize for that. I'm trying to be very commute-friendly, so just work with me as we continue on through this adventure together. Uh, anyways, listen up. Great show. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. I'm here with Ted Roden, founder of Fancy Hands, not Fancy Pants, which I made the epic fail of doing uh, via Twitter, so it's actually out there stated in the internet that I called it Fancy Pants, not Fancy Hands, but uh, Ted's thinking about buying the domain, but I'll let him tell you that. So let's intro Ted. Ted, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And uh, Ted, I guess since maybe I'm the one who knows most about you at this point, since I did some research on you and and I'm a fan of what you're doing at Fancy Hands, uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are and kind of what you do at uh, Fancy Hands? Sure. Uh, Well, I'm Ted Roden. I um, I am the founder and essentially uh, only uh, guy at Fancy Hands other than the assistants. And uh, what Fancy Hands is, is a, a personal assistant service. So essentially, if you have something you want to get done, rather than put it on your to-do list, you just tell us to do it. Um, and that's kind of the gist of the service. It's Some people call it virtual assistance. I tend to not do that because of um, the idea of where we're going to go right now. We don't go anywhere for you, but but you know physically we can't pick up your dry cleaning, for example. Um, but you know in the future you know we're going to kind of branch out a little more, and that's the idea. So um, I'm very adamant about not calling them virtual assistants. You're, you're dealing with your personal, real uh, you know friend of yours or assistant that you just happen to pay. Um, and uh, we launched in about April of this year. That's about um, six months then, huh? Yeah, it's been up and running. It's been actually profitable since the first day so i was going to ask you uh, a little later on but uh about your investment you know time energy money what was uh we'll get to that in a bit but um so personal assistance in the cloud is is pretty much what the what the game is it's called fancy hands where did you get the name what, what made you come up with fancy hands so i name you know i name all my projects um and i i, I should have mentioned this i guess before but i i'm kind of a serial launcher of of products i mean something called Enjoys Things, um, which is a kind of visual bookmarking service. Um, I wrote a, a Mac application called Blasted, um, which I uh, sold to another company, and now it's, it's now called Blast. And the the names I get for all these things, Enjoys Things was a little more thought up, but Blasted and, and Fancy Hands, the names for the, the products come from the initial directory I create when I say, oh, I've got an idea to make something. Um, in the case of Blasted, literally, I was going to name the project Blah, because that's what I type very quickly. Uh, but I had already had a directory called that, so I was going to then do Blah 2. That was also taken, and so Blasted just kind of came out of that. Um, fancy Hands, it just, I was like, oh, I want to I build this service. 
um, I had this idea for this kind of service, and I, so I created the directory, and then it was you know kind of the code name. I was going to change it, uh, and then I never did. So um, the story behind it is that it was never supposed to be this name, and then you know I kind of cringe at the name still to this day, and some people like it, some people don't. So. I was going to ask you how you feel about it, you know, since it's sort of technically a fluke that it's called Fancy Hands. How do you feel about the name? It's, you know, it's, um, I, I kind of love, love the name. I feel it's in a lot of ways, um, you know, it's a little unprofessional, I suppose, you know, since we're, we're helping people with their own businesses and things like that. It's, you know, I don't think you want someone calling on your behalf saying, hi, I'm from Fancy Hands. Um, can I uh, schedule an appointment today? Um, so, which we don't, we say we're your personal assistant anyways, but you know, it's, um, you know, none of our clients have ever had any issue saying, you know, I'd sign up if you changed your name. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's fairly easily rememberable, memorable. And, um, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's own thing. So I like that. I think it definitely is a sticky name. You know, I think you try to, when you come up with product names and, uh, you know, new services like this, especially ones that are, um, that can be bland. It can be really boring unless you put some jazz and some fun into it. I think um, being sticky, being memorable, like you said, is is really important. So, um, why did you build it? Like, what was the problem you were trying to solve? Well, to be honest, uh, um, you know, like I, I'm a come from an engineering type background. I'm a programmer by trade, and so like every project I build, I, I built it for myself. I wanted to use this idea. And I, there are. This is not really a new idea. Uh, other people have done this service before, um, and I encourage you to go and try those ones out as well. Uh, the reason I built mine was because very quickly or early on you realize limitations of other services, whether it's language barriers, um, you know, kind of the the, yes, the things they can and can't do, um, and just kind of you know, at, at the end of the day, how good are the assistants themselves. Um, and I realized I, I kind of came up with a, a way to do it um, that I thought would work, at least just for me. I didn't know how well it would scale. So I just kind of built it for myself. And, and the thing was, and this was about a year ago, um, about a year, well, eight, 16 months ago now, actually, I, uh, my wife and I had a baby. And I also agreed to, while we were in the hospital, to write a book for O'Reilly. Um, and I have a full-time job. You know, this is a year ago. And um, literally anything after that, you know, whether it's the baby or the job or the book, um, kind of any other thing on top of that was just too much for me to do. You know, no matter, even if I could do it, even if it was a simple two minute task, it was just, there was just no time. There was no way I was going to do it. So if you needed me to call and make a reservation uh, so we could go out to dinner, they would end up getting put off for six weeks because I just never could work it in. Um, And so... Rather than, you know, just call and make the reservation when one finally came up, uh, I built a service to have somebody make that reservation for me. Um, and it was it's really just a scratch your own itch sort of service for me. I just I needed to use it. And so I built it for myself and actually used it was the only user of it for um, probably about a month or two. Uh, and I just had it doing kind of basic stuff for me. Um, and then I just kind of realized, like, okay, you know, I bet somebody else would have do this. And so I added a way for someone to pay me. And um, that was the only change I really had to make other than make a homepage. And turned it on for everybody. And immediately it got kind of picked up and, and picked up a little steam. So what uh, what were some of the earlier publications that were, like, kind of uh, evangelizing about Fancy Hands at first? Uh, well, the first... The weekend, I launched it over a weekend. I, I don't remember what day, maybe Friday or, or, or on a Sunday. 
And on Monday, I think, Read Right Web wrote an article about it, um, a really nice article. He had um, signed up uh, and um, submitted a bunch of tasks, including one where he had um, one of our assistants call a plumber on, you know, on his behalf to, to come over to his house. And um, so, but when we called, when the guy called the plumber, it was not the plumber, it was the reporter. And he uh, kind of grilled him for a while and asked about the service. And uh, it was really funny. He did a really thorough kind of interview or um, kind of research and then wrote a really nice post where his kind of, you know, he's like, this is great. You know, can it scale uh, was his question. And, and uh, you know, how big would the market be? And um, this was in the first weekend. And so, so we got, you know, a lot of signups immediately after that. And then Fast Company wrote about us um, real quickly thereafter. Uh, and then just kind of on a lot of blogs after that, we were in Thrillist, we were in um, a number of other things that came up uh, real quickly. And I was so surprised. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody was interested in, in this space, as they call it. You know, I, I thought this was just kind of one of my silly ideas. And uh, so I was, I was shocked, A, that anybody would want to use it and that people would want to write about it and read about it. Um, it, was, it, was, it was very entertaining for the first couple of weeks when I wasn't hyperventilating. <laughs> I'm sure it was helpful for, for you too. Whenever um, you were having your baby, taking all that extra stuff off of your plate, and you know, making your life a little bit easier. It, you know, it did, and 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 you know, when you have a baby, the first, you know, it kind of gets easier after. You know, it starts out really hard, and then gets easier on its own. Um, and you know, to be totally honest, it probably would have been a lot easier for me to just call and deal with the stuff I had to deal with on my own, than build a service to do it. Um, at least in the short term, but now in the long term, I mean, I use the service every day as a user. Um, and you know, it's saved me time in the long run, but there was the time there where I'd spent like a week doing this when I wasn't writing my book that I was supposed to be writing when I, uh, you know, wasn't getting those extra couple hours of sleep that I should be getting at night, um, that I was writing this app instead. And, uh, there were times where I was like, this is not really a smart move, (laughs) you know, productivity wise. Um, but, uh, I think now it's, you know, the development time is more than paid for itself, just for me, productivity-wise. So so it started out as a side project, right? So how much time, I guess, since you mentioned uh, profitability earlier, you said it was profitable from day one. How much time and money have you put into Fancy Hands since it started? Oh, so time-wise, I mean, I've put in, you know, it's, you know, creator's time, right? So it's, it's, not, it's not real time because, you know, I don't, have to, I don't have to bill myself, right? Um, so I put in, gosh, I mean, hundreds of hours, you know, I, I get home, we'd get home from work, uh, hang out with the baby and then around, um, maybe nine or 10 at night, start working. And I'd work till about two, three in the morning and then, uh, you know, wake up early and do it again the next day. And, uh, I did that for a very, very long time. Um, and now I, now I work on it, um, you know. I have a little bit saner hours with it, but I, I still put in a lot of time. So the hourly wise, it's it's a lot of hours that I've put into it over the, the course of the time. Money wise, uh, I haven't really invested much of money of my own at all. Um, like I said, you know, when in order to use this service, you have to pay. There's no free account, um, and so you know when when somebody you know when I get enough signups, then I um, and I have a bit of a buffer. I, I tried to do things like run advertisements. Um, but I, that money didn't come out of my pocket. So it just kind of, the service kind of reinvested in itself. 
Um, web hosting is actually totally free because uh, I'm using Google's App Engine, and you have to uh, have a really, really popular web service to have to pay um, to use their service. They, they give you a lot of free runway there. Um, so that's been that's been insanely helpful, just to not have to pay for hosting, not have to worry about you know if I get you know like if if Read uh, writes about me, um, I don't have to worry about you know will my server still be running in the morning, uh, things like that because that's all on Google's end, um, and so that's been great. And then you know I I brought in you know as as like I said as more money came in I would I would say okay well I need to get uh, a better logo I need to get uh, this and that and just kind of let it pay for itself as it went you know I didn't have a lot of time in the front end to do these you know to build a logo and to do all these things anyway so I just waited until there was money and then I a lot of times I have fancy hands find somebody to do it and then we we have them do it and then uh, I add it back into the service so um, anything I had to pay for fancy hands paid for on its own um, the time wise you know it's a lot more time than I care to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said you were uh, in that trek of nights and weekends for a while then. So could you say it was like a couple months, three months, six months? I mean, how much technology is behind Fancy Hands? There was a lot, actually, a lot of technology. Um, I was I was working on that probably from, you know, February to April. I was doing kind of the long nights. Um, and then, uh, you know, yeah, all the way through till you know, beginning, middle of the summer where I was, I was really slammed with work um, because, you know, there was, there was an issue that needed to get taken care of. Now the site kind of runs on its own a little better. So I would say I was doing those long hours from, you know, February to, to June or July. Um, technology wise, there is actually a lot going on that you wouldn't know it from the website, from the front end, but on the back end, um, initially we launched, I wanted to have, you know, Oh, you're asking about X, and this is this perfect person to answer X, um, and so the system is all ready to can 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 do all that. It does really sophisticated routing from um, client to task, or from from the client to the right assistant to do the job. Uh, however, I, I've realized that um, most of the tasks are not super specific, and that actually kind of slows things down rather than just having a lot of eyes looking at it at all times. So there's a lot of technology that I wrote. I was so proud of, and then ended up just disabling uh, because it, you know, it, it didn't actually make the service any any better. Uh, I don't know if it harmed it anyway. But but what's great about that is that as we kind of, you know, as we're scaling up and we're getting more and more users every day, um, those kinds of things do start to become useful again. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers that it wasn't, you know, that kind of stuff wasn't work for naught. Um, uh, beyond that. Um, there is, you know, just a lot of technology and and us trying to learn more about you as a person, what it is that you're requesting, so that, you know, by the time that we look, you send in a task, we're kind of ready for it. Um, and that, you know, like like you would with a regular personal assistant, you know, you have a rapport with your assistant, and you can say, um, you know, you you talk about sports if you like. If you, this is if you have a real assistant, you know, sitting next to you at the office, and and we don't have that. We don't have this kind of day to day activity. We have these kind of curt emails that you send in, um, but that doesn't mean we can't learn from them. And so that's we're spending a lot of time, a lot of development time on on having the system be smart enough to help help out our assistants to know a lot about you, to know you know um, kind of your preferences, you know, 
obvious stuff like your location and things like that. But but what are, what is it you're you're commonly doing? What are the kinds of things you've been happy with that we've done and been unhappy with? Which you know is not the same from client to client. Some clients like to get a lot of email from us. They want to go back and forth a lot and uh, do it. Other people do not want any email from us. They just want give me the answer, do this, to do that. But you know, and so it's 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 kind of striking that balance. And so the system has to kind of take over where. Um, a human would, since you don't have your own personal, you don't have like Valerie on the phone every day. You have fancy hands who's um, could be one of a thousand people. That's that's on the other end. And so, I guess whenever I think about this, if I'm submitting to the service, which actually I haven't mentioned this yet on the podcast, but I'm a user of Fancy Hands, so okay. whenever I submit to Fancy Hands, I kind of think, uh, I guess to use some of the words you just used there to describe it, which is I try to treat the email I'm sending or the note I'm sending, just like I'm sending it to my real assistant. I try mm-hmm. to be brief in my instructions, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, be wishy-washy with my words. I try to be uh, pretty succinct, but I try to treat the person or whoever's re- receiving this like they would actually be my personal assistant. Uh, I guess on, on some of that riff there is, you know, what kind of guidelines do you have on so many requests? That's a great question. Um, when I started, I had almost none. I, I, I decided I wanted to not tell people what they couldn't do rather than have them send it in, see if it's something we can figure out, you know, and, and, then, and then go from there. Um, one, one of the things I'm learning is that um, we need to, we, this, this is a business that, you know, you, you, when you, you pay us and you're kind of excited to, to use the system and in order to get the most out of it, you kind of, you kind of don't know what to do. Like, you know, you said you, you, you kind of thought uh, heavily about how to submit each task. And, and that's kind of a problem in some ways, and, and it's kind of a good thing in some ways. But one thing I think we do really poorly now and that we need to do a lot better at is um, educating the user on how to submit a task, right? Sometimes, you know, you get in a task that's, there's clearly something that needs to be done, but it's not clear on actually what they're asking for. Um, and, and that might seem kind of odd, but it's a lot of times it's like, you know, I'm looking for research on this and that. And, um, you know, like if I'm making a blog post on the top 10, you know, cooking blogs for teens, um, you know, they want a list of that. Well, you know, sometimes they just want the simple list and that's easy enough. But sometimes there's there's a lot more in there where it's not clear. Like, are you are, are you looking for contacts there? Or like, well, like, what is it? So a lot of times. Um, what I'm finding is that I have to do a lot of uh, education on like, you know, just, just the simple process of like, tell us what, tell us exactly what it is you want back and we'll get it right back to you. Um, so yeah, none of that wishy-washy stuff you mentioned before. Um, and that's, 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 that's been a challenge now. We do, I think we just do a bad job of, of telling people how to do it. Um, most of our clients are, are pretty good at it. It's just, it's, it's an education thing. I didn't realize how much that I would need to do education on, on, on things like that. The other part um, of the education coin is that we have, I'm finding that clients and, and me in particular, um, and, and, and a lot of people, have trouble delegating. Uh, I, you know, I don't think this is kind of a natural thing to be doing for most people where it's, you know, what is it that I should send to Fancy Hands? What is the type of thing that I should do? And what we find is that people sign up with these high hopes they're so busy they're so busy and then they look at kind of everything they have on their plate and say oh well only i can do this task only i can do that one uh you know i can't send this to anybody else because you need to know a lot about me um and then they'll say like okay well i I need to call and do this but that's not worth that's not worth you know however many dollars per month 
for me to have them do that task. So I'll just do that on my own because um, they want to save it for a really big one. And so at the end of the month, they spent all this money and didn't actually send in any tasks at all uh, because they didn't, because either they, they looked at a task and said, well, that's just too small. That's not worth the money I'm paying or that's too big and only I can do it. And the way I look at it is um, send in those ones that are too small because they're not, um, it's not, might not be worth maybe two bucks or, or four bucks or however many, many it's going to be uh, that you, you have to divide by to get the price. It's that, it's worth. It's not worth two bucks for me to make a reservation to have someone make a reservation on my behalf. But to me, it's worth two bucks for me not to do it. And I think there's a distinction in there that is kind of tough to wrap your head around. And then once you do, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't need to. I'm not paying him to do this, right? I'm paying him so that I don't have to do it. You know, it's there's there's so much stuff in the day that um, anybody can do um, that you have to do. And there's a lot of stuff that only you can do. And, and our, our goal is to try to just do the stuff that own, that anybody can do and let you focus on the things that only you can do. Like right now, you know, part of your job is, is to do this interview with me and to, to do the podcast. Um, but in, in podcast production, I assume there's a, a whole lot of things that you personally don't need to do. They just need to get done. Uh, and, and that's kind of our, our, Education. That, that's kind of the problems we see when, when people come in and use the services, that they see these different types of things they need to get done, and they don't know which ones to give us, and then there's, they haven't given us anything at the end of the month. So we, we try to combat that with um, education, right? telling people how, what to delegate, what's a good thing to delegate. And we, we, we're trying, we try to combat that now with saying, well, then don't worry about it. Have as many tasks as you want. You know, We have a new unlimited plan, which is just... It's not much more, and all the only difference is, in my mind, was not that people were going to send in thousands of tasks per month. It was that they wouldn't look at a task and say, "Oh, that's just not worth it," you know, because I, I, you know, I don't like people not sending in stuff because they think, you know, that it's not worth it um, because it's too small, and you know, so I wanted to give them the incentive to send in those little ones, and so that's how we have that one now. So, you know, we're trying to combat that, I guess, on user education and and also in technology and pricing. That's kind of funny because I was going to actually use Fancy Hands to get a bit of details about Ted, you know, yourself and who you mm-hmm. are and what you've been doing and all these other fun things you've talked to me about. So I almost actually used Fancy Hands to 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 do this. But I think sometimes it's a little fun to do the research on your own to get to know the person. So um, in my case, I opted to do it myself. But I probably could have um, easily requested some of the... Um, you know, some research on you and just kind of gleaned over whatever they sent back. But uh, and I actually thought about that. So you talked about a lot about what is, is happening, I guess, in terms of requests. What are some of the common requests you get? Uh, well, I always use reservations as a, uh, as one. We get a lot of people making reservations, um, you know, just, just call this restaurant, you know, there, you know, if I like, for example, if I think about a lot of times I think about, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to dinner with my wife. Um, but you know, I'm thinking about this at real late at night and the, the restaurant's closed. And so I just, I email fancy hands. I say, Hey, make a reservation, you know, tomorrow at seven. Um, and I, you know, I can't even do that in the middle of the night because, um, you know, they're not open, uh, for example. So we get a lot of stuff like that. Um, we're increasingly, we have, we have, we have kind of interesting, uh, user base. We're, we're getting, um, uh, a lot more people who are like, um, want us to wait on hold for a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's, oh, I need to return this thing. So I need to call them up and get the, 
RMA number or, or whatever it is that, you know, you need to do to get through this bureaucracy, right? Um, and so they just kind of send in like, okay, this is the product entity. This is my name. This is the last for my social, like any kind of non-incriminating things they can send to us and be like, just pretend you're me and handle this, you know? So we'll call them up and we'll sit on hold for a half hour while you, you know, schedule, schedule your cable or do this or that. Um, and those work pretty well. You know, we have a little bit more trouble canceling, uh, um, services for people. Uh, but we, we have, we have had some success with that. Um, what are the common ones? Um, we get, uh, you know, we get a lot of kind of verticals, right? So we get a lot of people who come in um, because they have a lot to do around a certain aspect of their life, which is not something I plan at all, um, which is interesting because I kind of made the service around after having the baby and kind of to handle things around that. But I was kind of, I made the service to handle tasks not around the baby because I was going to deal with the baby. Um, but we get a lot of people who are, uh, weddings are a big one. So they're planning their wedding there's so much you need to do uh, for a wedding that you don't realize unless you're kind of going through it um, from like, you know, you know, dealing with, you know, just recommendations on where to get cakes, where to get this and that. And I really think that's a really great use case for us, because at the end of the day with your wedding, it's your day, right? You need to make the big major decisions. But like there's kind of the legwork that we can do so you can get out in front of a task or or you can we can follow up, say, you know, we'll can we call and just confirm that all these things are really going to happen tomorrow because I'm going to be worrying about them, but I don't have time to deal with it the day before I'm getting married. Um, and so we get a lot of tasks like that. Um, you know, honeymoon planning, wedding planning. Um, we get a lot of kind of hotel recommendations. Uh, you know, I'm going out of town. I'm going to be at this hotel. Um, you know, is there a better price I can get? Is there this and that? Um, you know, I, those those we get a lot of i don't i don't know how how much value we add there to be honest but you know we get a lot of them people are happy with them at least they're uh, not having to do it themselves though right exactly yeah um and uh we get a we can do get a lot of questions as well that are um we get some odd ones we have um we have a lot of um i guess um small business owners who run the site and so we we get a lot of um you know people trying to outsource just aspects of, of, of running a business. So, you know, generating, trying to figure out what are the best SEO terms for whatever, um, you know, finding, um, candidates to do this and that. We had a great one the other day that was, I guess it's a wedding one that was, um, he, there was like, you know, four or five people coming to his bachelor party in, in Vegas or whatever. And he had to call them at the last minute to make sure that they all brought suits for whatever reason, you know, whatever they, you know, were doing at a bachelor party, they, they all had to have their own suit. And so our assistant called up, you know, these five people and, you know, just, just did that because, um, so I think, you know, in some ways there was, that probably could have been handled with an email, but I think there's something fun, um, about having an assistant call and, and, and talk to people. And there's something kind of personal about it. Um, so yeah, I'm blanking on other common requests. It's, you would not believe how kind of scattered they all are. We do. I mean, it's, I would, I was thinking there was going to be a ton of super common ones and it turns out that. You know, people lead very different lives and need you know have very different uh, uh, things that they need done. Let's so. talk about the ones that uh, you can't do. So, some examples of obvious fancy hands can't do this for you. So, uh, I want to you know caveat this with saying we can't do these now because um, with all the obvious ones that some of them are kind of head scratching. Why don't we do those? Um, we have kind of good reasons on our end. Uh, they haven't, but. Um, we're about to do a lot more of these. So right now, 
we won't go anywhere for you physically. Um, we won't go and pick up your dry cleaning. Um, you know, we can't, we're not going to go, you know, pick something up or drop something off or, or anything like that. Um, we'd really like to be able to do that. Uh, you know, a lot of people have tried to crack that nut in the past, you know, in a lot of ways, Cosmo has tried to do it, um, these various services and, you know, to get from here to there, I think, I think that's a solvable problem that nobody's done right. Um, we're not there yet. We're not going to be there for a little bit. Uh, maybe in certain cities, uh, you know, you could maybe anticipate something happening there, but certainly not, you know, nationwide. Um, we can't go anywhere for you. We don't right now, actually we don't do international calls. Um, and that will change very quickly. It's just, it, it just proved too hard. Um, language barriers got quick, uh, Harry real quick, you know, just even just dealing with other, um, you know, you know, a deep Southern accent from the United States talking to a, uh, you know, Northern Bavarian accent in Germany, right. you know, like it was, it was just, you know, even if everyone was speaking English, it was a little tough. And, um, and just on my end, kind of monitoring that we were, you know, getting through these was just got a little too tough that I decided, look, let's stop doing these for now and um, not offer it again until we can really get it right. Um, we don't do uh, travel itineraries, actually, um, which, which a lot of people want, you know. Uh, and th- the reason is there's just so much give and take. There's so much that we that you have, um, you know, that we need to know about you and, and your trip in order to, to be able to kind of do that well. Um, I try. We try not to get into the situation where we are um, going back and forth a whole lot just because we feel it's not... Um, it's not productive for you. If we're going back and forth five, six times on a task, like you should have done it yourself, we're not saving you any time. So um, travel itineraries are out for that. You know, we we'll probably partner with somebody to handle those, but right now we don't do it. And the other, what's the other big one that we never do? Anything dealing with credit cards or exchanging money for someone? So uh, that's the yeah. big one for me is thinking like, can I give you my credit card and have you, or at least have it stored so that whenever I need to have you do something, you could do it on my behalf and pay for it with no problems whatsoever. That's right. That's that's one that's coming. Um, we do not do that now. That's one of our biggest requests is that, um, you know, just the simple stuff like send my mom flowers. You know, seventy dollars worth of flowers. You know, something red. Um, you know, we can't do that now, uh, and that that stinks because I want that. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like us to be able to do that. And, and so we are beta testing that feature right now as we speak. Um, you know, I want to make sure I get that one right, you know, dealing with money, dealing with all that. Um, we're not going to ever store your credit card information on our server, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, but we have a pretty good solution for it and I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, about it. Um, and that will launch, you know, in, in, you know, weeks or months, not years. So, so expect that one soonish. Um, the other one I, I want to point out um, is that we don't do anything that I consider spammy, right? Um, and this is this sometimes um, some of our, you know, this is kind of like the uh, the old uh, Supreme Court thing, like what it, what is spammy? Um, you know, well I know it when I see it is the way I define it. Uh, so we don't, you know, we will go and post something on a um, on a forum for you because signing in, like if you need to, you know, a support request about Excel. You know, and the best place to do it is on some forum, but you don't want to sign up for an account. You have to wait for the email back. You have to do this and that. You know, you send us that. This is the forum. This is what I want posted. Post it and send me the link and I'll monitor responses. We will do that. But what we won't do is like um, post your a link to your blog on a thousand different comment sites or, or something like that. Um, 
that's that's one of the ones where it's like I just don't want it's not that you know I don't think it's illegal it's just that's one of those things that I don't want to be associated with shady business right so um, I want to be associated with like doing the right thing and so um, anything vaguely spammy is just out of the picture for us so this isn't the the first service out there like that though I mean uh, fancy hands is not by any means, you know, groundbreaking. I mean, I guess it is in a lot of rights of, of the technology you wrote and very unique things about your business, but there's other ones out there like Cha-Cha, Aardvark, Ask Sunday, and even the Goliath, Amazon's Mechanical Turk. What is it that, uh, you know, makes Fancy Hands different and special and fun? And, you know, why are people wanting to buy from you and, and use Fancy Hands versus the other services I just talked about? Sure. Well, there, there's a couple. The, the services you mentioned, there's a there's a few. You're right. There's a ton of competition in this space, uh, much more than I realized. Like I said, I, I created the service because I had used a lot of those other ones, and they did not work for me. So with ChaCha and Aardvark, those are those are strictly question and answer sites, right? So you you can't ask ChaCha to call, you know, your mom and say Happy Mother's Day. Um, not that you should do that with us. You should call your own mother. <laughs> right. But uh, but you know what I mean. You you can't do those types of things with those services with ask sunday that's the kind of thing they do that's definitely ask sunday is, is a, uh one of a direct competitor and 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 i don't want to leave any out i mean there's a lot of there there's red butler there's uh your man in india there's um there's a lot of services that do this uh, uh mechanical turk is, is is very different in that you kind of have to there's like some programming type stuff involved you can't you don't just going to fire off an email to mechanical turk and have them handle something for you um you also have to kind of go in there and deal with it the other one that is kind of a competitor is just Craigslist itself, right? Because, you know, we're asking, you know, just for kind of one-off jobs. There's kind of the et cetera job section. You could easily handle a lot of this. What we, we solve in a lot of ways from, from Mechanical Turk and, um, and Craigslist and things like that is that we handle kind of the end-to-end part of it. So, like, you just send it in and stop worrying about it is kind of the theory. So then that leaves... Um, Ask Sunday and, 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 and the like that are doing much more. They're doing the virtual assistant stuff. They do a lot of data entry type things. Um, a lot of the same types of stuff we do. And um, the big differentiator for us is that at least what's a great thing if you're an American at least is that you will only ever deal with Americans at Fancy Hands. And this is not to be, this is not a, um, you know, America is better. It's that... Um, it really works a lot better this way. Um, we there's have, no times on issues, there's no language issues. There's have no, no times hurdles. On, there's no language. There's no, I mean, the cultural stuff is, is different, you know, and, and we even struggle with this um, going back and forth with, you know, we have clients in New Zealand and in um, England and, and around. And even just kind of the slang between um, England and, and America is different to where there's communication breakdown there sometimes which is, is really surprising. So the communication breakdown when it's a, a, a second, English is a second language type of situation is, is, is huge. And, and to not know the cultural stuff. And so we have assistance in most cities, which, which a lot of people don't realize. So like if you're in, uh, you're, are you in Houston? I'm in is Houston, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we have assistance down there. Um, we have assist, a lot of them in New York. We have a lot in Portland. And so, you know, if you're asking for something local, you, there's a good chance you're going to get somebody who's in that town. If you're, you're going to Philly, there's a good chance somebody from Philly is going to get your task um, and it's going to be able to help out uh, in a much more personal, much, you know, we understand kind of we have a common base to start from. So, you know, just saying, oh, I'm going to Geno's. Uh, can you make a reservation? That's a tough thing to um, 
uh, respond to if, if you don't know Philly, which is, you know, I, I've never actually been to Geno's, but I know Geno's is a big, famous place there and that you would go there and, and to, you know, you don't have to give us the phone number, you know, you know you're figure these things you out. Know, if you know Geno's, basically. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, you don't know. And even, you know, outside of, of that particular location, a lot of people in America might know, but but beyond that, it, it's it's a non-starter. So um, right now, our biggest, um, that's one of our big differentiators. It's just that that you personally will only deal with Americans uh, at, at Fancy Ends. Um, and then beyond that, um, I would say the our responses are way better. You know, since you're only dealing with Americans, I pay them really well um, because they're Americans. Uh, and, you know, we have... That's just the way it works. A lot of t- the reasons you outsource to India and to, to um, you know, the other countries is because it's so much cheaper. Well, my philosophy was I figured out I was trying to figure out a way to make it cheaper to do it here. You right? employ a lot of as many Americans as possible, um, and I figured it would work a lot better. And it, it turns out it does. So you know you get people spending a lot of time on the tasks trying to do a really good job um, because it's their job. Um, and so I, I think that. Um, because the pay is so hot, much higher for my end assistance, um, and because they're Americans, you get a really, really good uh, amount of response. Also, we have just a ton of assistance working for me. Um, you know, if you if you send in, you generally get your response back pretty quick on fancy ends. There's no, we don't make any guarantees. You know, you're not, we don't say you're going to get it back in an hour or a day. Um, and to average it out is kind of weird because sometimes it's like we'll call them next week, so you can't, you can't, right? You can't really average that one. Yeah, so. Um, but our response time is generally pretty good because there's so many people looking at it, you know, and, and we, we spend a lot of time hiring people. Um, we spend a lot of time letting them go if they're, they're not working out. Um, and we spend a lot of time, like, you know, I look at a lot of tasks, you know, and, and, and try to determine at the end of the day. And I say, do we do a good job? Are we doing a bad job? Um, I try to work with client assistants, me personally, to say, um, assistants and clients to say, how can we better solve this particular type of task? And so once we figure that out, kind of everybody else benefits. Um, and so, you know, I'm totally biased um, because I think the quality is definitely the big differentiator. Uh, but I'm biased having ba- built this service because I was frustrated with the other ones. So grain of salt either way, right? So you mentioned your assistants. you got thousands of assistants. Can you mention how many? So, sorry, it's not thousands. I'm, I'm a good exaggerator. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the right number is is pretty tough. There, I think, are um, about five to six hundred, um, you know, employed that can work uh, at any given moment. Now, I don't require them to work any given day. You know, they can kind of come and go as they please. Um, and so, there's a good chance some of the five hundred are no longer are never going to come back. Um, but I would say, on a, on a you know a given day, a given week, we have about uh, close to 200 eyes on them, um, and fewer than that who end up responding to tasks uh, on a given day. So, what's in it for the assistant? Like, what's in it for what's to keep them motivated? You mentioned they're Americans and they're kind of local. You know, what kind of person is an assistant, and how do you become an assistant? So, um, you just you sign up. There's a the the applica- There's a fairly long application process. Actually, is how you sign up, and um, you know, you, once you get through the that whole process, you know. Um, you know, you, you get hired in, in, in a way. It's 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 all very automated. Um, and at the end of it, you know, I, um, it comes to me where I say I, whether or not we hire them, and um, 
that's that's kind of how that happens. What keeps them in it is, I mean, they get paid every you know two weeks like everybody else. Um, they get you get paid more for the more tasks you do. You know, certain tasks are uh, a little bit more difficult. Um, obviously, you know, it's, a phone call is not the same as an hour's worth of data entry, um, and so you know the, the scale slides based on that. Um, but what, what what keeps them motivated is is um, you know they are really in it with me. You know, we're we're trying to build something. I think a, a lot of the assistants are are really excited um, to be building something. You know, we're, I, I, we think we're on to something here. Um, and I think a lot of the assistants are excited about that. You know, a lot of them are have been on since day one, which I'm I'm so surprised with that um, a lot of them have stuck around. Um, the type of people they are is is really interesting. I used to keep a much better track of this. Um, you know, some of them have day jobs, so um, there's a there's a you know a lot of people who go work at a day job and they kind of do this at night um, or work nights and, and do some during the day. We have uh, we've always we always have a a small number of stay-at-home moms uh, on it. I, there used to be um, a, a, a bunch of kind of extra actors, like, you know, extras and TV shows and things like that, um, which I guess is because they have a lot of downtime, right? So they, you know, they go out and they film whatever, and then they sit in a tent, you know, for two hours and uh, wait for the next scene or whatever it is. And they'll just sit there with their laptops and just kind of plow through stuff. And, um, what I hear most of all that from the best assistants that I have, the ones who, who have been around the longest and the ones who consistently put out uh, really great responses is that they think the job is fun. Uh, they think it's like a little bit like a scavenger hunt in a lot of ways, because a lot of times it's a, uh, they're asking about something that they didn't know about before. And it's like a lot of times if somebody wants to know about it, like if you're asking about something, um, it's interesting in some way. You can get you can get excited about it. Now, sometimes it's it's data entry or, or whatever. It's not as interesting. But um, like there's a great one that, that is even up on the blog that was um, someone asked, what like physiologically is the lump in your throat when you start to cry? Yeah, I saw that on your blog post. I like that one. It's fascinating, right? Like, yeah. who, like who? OK, now that you know that you, you go check my blog, you don't need to. To actually go research it, uh, fancyhands.tumblr.com, um, and, and the answer is there. But but if when if you have to look that up, like that's kind of an interesting thing to go and look up and, and to find out. Um, and so we get a lot of a lot of people who are actually like doing those kinds of things. Um, what I find also is that there are sometimes like someone wants you to call to complain about something or to um, you know because they you know, somebody didn't do a good job for you or whatever it was. Um, and so we call them up and, and that's a hard call to make on your own, right? You, if you're going to, you know, if, if you're making an uncomfortable call on your own behalf, but it's kind of fun to do it for somebody else. There's some, there's something kind of, you know, nice about it. It's like, I'm calling cause he's angry about this and you know, we need a refund and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's a lot of fun to do. Um, <laughs> I can see that I hear. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones and, and then there's a lot of, um, that's kind of spiced in with kind of the day-to-day stuff that um, that they're doing. And uh, I think it keeps it interesting for them. So, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's, I think, why they stick around is because they get entertained and paid. And uh, I guess since we're about six months into this idea, it's, we've already proved it's successful. It's making money. It's, it's profitable from day one. Um, when you look back on the last six months, or even, I guess, before that, too, because you had some time to 
to research and develop this technology and decide on the idea and push forward. What are some of the lessons that you can look back on the last six months and say, well, I've learned this, I've learned that in creating fancy. And like, what are some of the things you've learned? Maybe, maybe good things, fails, achievements, whatever. Um, I've learned, um, a lot about, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm trying, I try not to make the mistakes in advance. I try to learn from other people. And so, um, but of, of them, I, I learned a lot from reading about Dropbox. Um, I've learned that I can find parallels to this business in other businesses. And, and, um, there's a couple of, of interesting ones. Dropbox. I think we have a lot, I have a lot of similarities with when it comes to marketing, because they, they always said that, um, Nobody's looking for Dropbox before they use it. Uh, Dropbox is a uh, you know it's a, a folder that you get and it syncs up online and then you kind of have this kind of backup kind of shared folder thing. It's a really great service, um, but no one's looking for it because they don't. If they don't, you don't know it exists, you're not looking for it. Um, so you can't you can't put the, a Google AdWord up and expect to get a million hits on that. Just like I can't. You know, no one's looking for a virtual assistant. They're looking for help planning their wedding. Right? They're looking for this and that. And so. It took me a long time to realize that it's not that I can't advertise. It's that I can't advertise my service. I have to advertise um, what we give you. Um, and so that's that's been very interesting. And so I'm not actually doing those kinds of advertisements now, but I hope to in the future. Um, I've learned a little bit about pricing, about, um, you know, how to move pricing around um, and what it is. And, um, you know, we had uh, a lot of plans uh, since it started. So it started out that um, you get 15 tasks for so many dollars. And then a lot of people were like, wanted to try it for cheaper. And so I introduced a, a, a slightly cheaper version with um, a lot less tasks. Um, and that was, you know, fairly popular, but I ended up dropping that one um, and adding one that went the other way, which is a little bit more money and a lot more tasks um, because of what I said about earlier. And um, it's been interesting to me to see, that that's actually been proven much more successful having the more expensive one than adding the less expensive one. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of reasons in there for that, but, but I, one other thing I've learned is that I sh- I'm not super um, concerned about playing around with the pricing. Now I, I feel like I feel comfortable that I can do it and I don't get it. You know, there's not a huge backlash and you know, I'm not changing people's prices that on the site, like who already signed up, but you know, playing with the plans a little bit and, and finding it out. I'm also finding out, um, A-B testing is really hard when you don't have a whole lot of hits coming to your site every day because, you know, m- this is the kind of service you sign up and then you really never come back to the site, right? You, you do some emails or whatever. So um, I don't get a whole lot of traffic on the website, which is, is good and bad, but I can't, uh, I can't do all those fun A-B tests that everybody likes to talk about because I'm just not getting the traffic. So, you know, one or two different, you know, results has, has been... Um, you know, there's not a whole lot I can learn from that. Um, yeah, my biggest my biggest learn though I have to say is around the advertising. You know, we did a display ad um, that just didn't do anything for us. Um, yet when somebody tweets, we almost always get a sign up. So it's you know you take what you can get. Um, you do yeah, work I'm, with uh, InfluAds though, right? Because I've actually seen your ad on the InfluAds network. We we did have one on InfluAds and and it's not it, I, it, they may still be running it was only it only ran I think in August um, is when it ran or I don't know if it's still up 
but um, we had um, those are great people to work with, really great guys. Uh, but like I said, I think our service is a little bit harder to advertise, um, and so we kind of did a we had a, we had a, some ads up that were kind of about the service and oh you get this much for that or whatever it was, and we just weren't getting enough traction on it, so we just changed it to a strictly branding thing to show have our little guy have our little logo up and have it around on sites. Um, I thought it would be a, um, that's what we ended up moving to, right? You know, just trying to raise brand awareness rather than to get signups, which is, was not actually my goal. So, I, you know, I, I viewed that as, as not a success. Um, the, the way we, adver- the way that advertising went down. Um, but like I said, you know, like, um, we had, we had a Twitter program actually, where I, I'm very adamant about not having a free service because I, you know, I'm not smart enough to run a freemium model. I don't know how it works in this. You know, maybe it will. Maybe I'll be able to figure it out. So, so, so I'm not doing that. Uh, what I did do for a short time was add. If you sent out a tweet, you could get a free task, right, without signing up. So you could essentially get a freebie. And our thought was, well, you know, people will see these tweets, and then you know they'll sign up. You know, we'll get enough people signing up, or after they get that one task out of the way, they'll sign up. But what I found is that if you're not paying for the site, um, for the service, you kind of, the, you just kind of send in any old thing you want. You don't, you don't kind of think, okay, how can I get the best use out of this service? You just kind of send in, oh, let's see what they do here, um, which turns out to be, makes that a hard task for us to follow up on because it might be poorly worded or whatever. And then you're much more quick to say, oh, well, this service isn't working at all because you didn't pay for it. You have nothing to lose by not, by just, you know, cutting and running whereas if you paid you're going to want to try to stick around try to figure out how to work the service how everything works well they're much and more so, invested they're more invested user at that point then basically absolutely and so one thing i found was that the the free thing really i mean it, we didn't lose a lot of you know money on it um but i think we lost a lot of um it just it just was a bad experience i think for for me and for for our assistants who had kind of these tasks that, you know, were hard, we're just different. We're not, you know, solvable or whatever. Um, and so that, that I think has been one of my biggest fails is that I was so adamant, never free, never free, nothing free. And then I kind of buckled and, and did the little free thing and it just, just didn't work for us. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot of signups out of it. You know, the, the whole, from start to bottom, I think it was a poorly conceived and poorly executed idea. <laughs> We all have those. That's, uh, that happens in every story. That's why I, I, I love asking founders like yourself the question of, you know, what have you learned, uh, both, you know, successes as well as failures, because I think there's something you can extract from that. Like you said earlier, um, you know, in your quest with Fancy Hands is that you didn't want to um, make the mistakes and then learn from the mistakes. You wanted to kind of learn from Dropbox, learn from others who have been down the same parallels, the same scenarios you've been down to to not have to waste your time with making mistakes. And I think in this case, it's kind of the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I hope, I hope someone can learn from that. I hope, uh, you know, like I said, I, I feel that I feel if, you know, freemium works in a lot of services. It does not work in a service where for everything you have, you know, for every time you do something, I have to pay somebody else. Right. So a tweet coming in is easy, right? Like, there's not there's no real cost on their end, at least for one tweet. I know at the scale they're running, there's a whole lot of cost to running Twitter. But you know, for a blog post, if you're running a blog service, you know it's easy to do a freemium model there. It's much more difficult in mine. And so you know, I'm just very weary of of business models and practices um, 
that I can't kind of get around, you know, in my head in less than, you know, I don't know, 10 seconds worth of thinking about it. Like, this is how I make money. This is how I get users. Um, and that's that that to me is how the only way I can figure out how to run a business. I'm, I'm not I'm not smart enough in any other ways. I didn't go to business school and things like that. So I have to uh, I have to keep it very, very simple for myself. I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you, and it's sort of um, the funnest question, I think, really. Uh, and you can answer it, you can not answer it, but uh, do you have anything super secret that's in the works that you haven't told anybody else, no blog or publication like RewriteWeb is uh, about to announce it, but do you have anything super secret in the works with fancy hands that you'd like to announce today here on the show? Oh, um, I have a lot that I, a super secret stuff that I'm I'm working on, I'm, um, and I'm very excited about, uh, you know, the... Um, the paid, uh, you know, that we'll be able to, you'll be able to let us pay for things for you is going to be one of them. Um, I would, for the other secret ones, I littered my, uh, rambles so far with hints to a few of them on purpose so that I could say, I talked about it once before. So, um, rather than tell you now, I'll I'll ask you to go back and listen through and find them there. Um, and then, um, but yeah, no, there there are some really interesting stuff, I think, that we're going to come out with soon, but nothing I can talk about that uh, bluntly right now. Well, the the paying for me and stuff like that certainly gets me excited because that's sort of the next step I'd like to go with using fancy hands is, you know, being able to have some shared place where I can, like you said, you're not going to store the credit card, but however that works out, basically, to be able to let you pay for things on my behalf, that's... That's gonna be some fun stuff. So I'm. I'm I, I think about that's gonna that. be killer. I can't. Yeah. I can't wait for that as a user. I mean, just that's true. That, You're a user too. I mean, like you and yeah. I were both. Uh, we're both users of fancy hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm user number one. You know, a lot of people don't believe it, but I. I even pay. Uh, wow. It's my. It's my unit testing to make sure that the payments work every month. <laughs> right, every month, thirty-five bucks. Uh, every month, yeah. thirty-five bucks. Um, so. I guess the only other questions I have, I guess, as it closes. Uh, is more so just for you to let the audience know, you know, what the web address is, how they can follow you on Twitter, you know, those fun things. So how can people get in touch? How can they, how can they sign up? Sure. Um, you know, you can sign up at the website, um, www.fancyhands.com. Uh, there's a bellboy there you'll see um, on the page. And everything else is Fancy Hands. So we use Twitter. It's, you know, at Fancy Hands. Um, and it's a very low volume type of uh, type of feed. And also, we're on Twitter or Tumblr. We're, I'm fairly active on Tumblr and, and a lot of accounts. And that's fancyhands.tumblr.com. Uh, and there we post a lot of kind of things about productivity and um, great ways to use the service, uh, growing pains, you know, general announcements. Um, but it's it's not definitely not a businessy blog. It's it's a but it is a good way to keep track of. Uh, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And I guess if you're a member of Founders Card, there's a special membership plan just for us Founders, Founders Card uh, members. So you should check that out as well if you are a Founders Card member. Correct. Yeah, just go to your uh, Founders Card, um, go to the page. There's a Fancy Hands page right in there. And uh, that's a really good deal. Yeah, I, I actually, that's what I 
like I said earlier, before we got on the podcast, I'm a Finders Card member as well. And that was one of the deciding factors for me to actually want to be a part of Finders Card. I knew it was cool, but I was thinking, is there at least two or three things in it right away that I can grab a hold of that's going to save me and be worth the initial investment of actually becoming a member? So I guess that should be like a kudos to you to say that, you know, you, Fancy Hands, was uh, was one of the deciding criteria for me to get on board. So that's cool. Awesome. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let Nat uh, and them know. <laughs> Maybe they'll give me some some kickback. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but hey, Ted, it was it was awesome to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and and talk with us about Fancy Hands. I think this personal assistance in the cloud is is definitely a breakthrough. I think it's been tried before, but I love a lot of the things that you're doing with it, and I wish you the best the best of luck, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> 